You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Welcome back to the Talk Your Jiz podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jujitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith, and today's guests are a brown belt. I mean, I'm a black belt and brown belt who runs Republic Martial Arts Academy located in Republic, Missouri. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron and Alexandra Loudermill. Hello, thank you for having us. Yes, man, the pleasure is all mine. How y'all doing this morning? We're good. We're good. The house is quiet. Kids are asleep. Awesome. I know the same here. They're, they're knocked <laughs> out, so it should be fun. But uh, yeah, first and foremost, I'd like to thank you guys for coming on the show. Pre- uh, definitely appreciate it. Of course. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, you, you're the second um, guest I had that was, was like a group episode. So this should be this should be fun. That's awesome. So, uh, we're really excited. Thanks for uh, again for having us on the show. Mm-hmm. Like I said, not a problem, not a problem. Um, so without further ado, if you guys want to introduce yourself again, by all means, and let's hear about you guys' uh, jiu-jitsu journey. All right. So uh, my name's Aaron Loudermill, and uh, I'm a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu under Professor Omar French. Um, we are uh, originally, I guess you could say, Carlson Gracie uh, senior lineage. Um, I started training um, a little over 12 years ago. Okay. Um, I'm Alexandra Laudermill, married to this guy. Um, I'm a brown belt, um, third degree. I say under same lineage. Um, I think I've hit my 11 year at this point. Um, Our journeys definitely started differently. And then we came together and realized we both had a passion for it. So it's been pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, our journey of jujitsu and our story is kind of coincides with yeah. our relationship and <laughs> yeah. and our marriage. Um, so it's it's pretty crazy. It's a it's a pretty crazy story. Do you you want me to kind of go I ahead? Mean, you can if you want to. So um, <laughs> Alex was in the army um, for ten years. Ten years in the army. Wow. And I started training martial arts as a teenager, um, but it was all stand-up arts. So I was doing Kung Fu for like six years. I did some boxing, Taekwondo, kickboxing, and it all kind of led me to um, start uh, my jiu-jitsu kind of as a cage fighter um, in my late 20s. But um, I think, did you start in the Army? I started while I was in the Army. Um didn't know what a gi was, had never seen a gi. Um, I had a really um, cool NCO who was like, hey, you're already going through combatives training to teach self-defense to women. Like, you want more, so this is how you get more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started my journey for about two and a half, three years and just no gi. Like, never okay. even knew a gi existed. So that was interesting. And then I took... Um, a four to five year break just to be a mom, which was the time that him and I was married, were married the first time. So we've been married twice. Um, okay. So the first time I was very young and so was he, we lasted exactly a year. And during the uh, five year in between um, is kind of where I fell in love with the art and then took my break 
and then five years we came back together and we both were actually in love with the sport that he was actually doing as a cage fighter and i was obsessed watching it because that was back when the ufc had started kind of making its its way into like the prime media um yeah and then we i ended up pregnant and eventually he talked enough trash to me postpartum that I just got back on and died in a gi for the first time. And it started off our, <laughs> our reconnection here. We've been going on being married now again for 11 years and we've been running our oh, wow. for about 10. So, yeah. So we started, um, I started, I was, uh, fighting in the cage. I had, um, kind of left the, the, the fight team that I was training under, trying to figure out where life was going for me because I was um, kind of in, I was in my, coming into my, my the beginning of my thirties. So <clears throat> to me, fighting really didn't make much sense if I wasn't going to do it, you know, professionally. And mm-hmm. uh, so, so <clears throat> I wanted to bring my kids into the gym with me and train because I had such a large family I had spent a lot of time in training camps. Um, I fought like uh, 11 amateur cage fights. So in about two and a half years. And so I was doing a lot of fighting and a lot of traveling. And yeah. oh yeah, it was, it was, a, it, it was, was definitely a life. Yeah. It was really taxing <laughs> on the family. Yeah. And so I, I found jujitsu and I wanted to settle in and just train in the gi and focus on something more traditional, something I could bring my kids in mm-hmm. with me. So um, we started training at a small, traditional Brazilian jiu-jitsu school. And uh, myself and three of my children, we actually have um, eight, uh, five girls and three boys. Wow. Yeah, we have a large large family. Three of the girls started training um, with me as a white belt. Um, And I had a few years of training, and I had only a couple stripes on my belt. So, Mm -hmm. so... um, when we did that, um, we had a, another baby, yeah, uh, youngest, our youngest William. son. And then when William was about six months old, that's when Alex decided, you know what, I'm I'm going to go ahead that's, and get that. That's when he talked enough trash to me because I'm a very competitive person to get mm-hmm. me to put a gi on and die in it because it literally felt the first. I, I understand what everyone feels like when they step in and they step in that gi because you feel like you're suffocating. It's mm-hmm. death. And then I yeah. was like, I'm going to keep doing this because eventually I'm going to beat you. <laughs> and it still hasn't happened. But <laughs> the time will come. The time will come. I get good positions, but I don't ever get like the sunken win. No, um, but it did that, that stepping on the mat created a competitive drive that I had lost when I got out of the military in 2014. And then mm-hmm. I became almost obsessed with yeah, competition. I had no idea how good of a competitor <laughs> she was going to be when I talked her into, when I thought I was doing a good thing, talking her into training. Um, but it was really an eye opener on how someone's um, mental strength can uh, get them through competition and and make you really successful. She was just successful right out of the right right out of the bat. She started competing at blue belt and almost never yeah. lost she oh, won i lost a couple she she won <laughs> a lot 
she mostly anytime she was in like four divisions, she won gold three out of four divisions. Yeah, so. I I pushed I think my body now as a brown belt. I always say like I wish I had the brown belt knowledge I have with the blue belt aggression. Of course. Because now course. I'm old compared to some of these young bucks that are on the mat. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, if only you knew me back then. We I know, right? <laughs> together, kind of beside each other, and our kids were competing too. It just became a really mm-hmm. a family, a family thing where we were traveling all the time and staying in, you know, hotels and getting up in the morning and going yeah. and doing comp. Our, and- our youngest is definitely obsessed with martial arts all together. I mean, he's grown up. His first steps were on our mats. Like mm-hmm. he grew up falling asleep to like Muay Thai kicks on the bags type thing. Like awesome. He grew up in the gym, and now he's become probably the one that's the most committed to wanting to be the best. And we're trying to teach him that being the best is great, but being the most humble is better. Yeah. And like get those attributes that a good competitor always needs without mm-hmm. throwing a fit when we lose. Yeah. Most <laughs> all of our kids train mm-hmm. um, up to our oldest, who's 24 and a, and a, purple, a purple belt. belt. Yeah. Nice. Um, youngest yeah. is nine, and he's uh, well. He'll be nine in April. He's, and he's a great uh, belt. He's a great belt. So yeah. we've got all all ages, all skill <laughs> levels. Yeah, and, uh, and of man. course, some are, some are hobbyists, some are competitors, yeah. some kind of have their own thing, but they we they still kind of train once all, a week or. All of our girls, though, all the way up to the oldest, it was almost mm-hmm. a rule that they had to be on the mat because of my background in self defense. Um, Mm Because that's what I specialize in is self-defense. I got certified through the military. Um, I've been teaching self-defense for longer than I've been doing jujitsu. And we agreed that they needed to not just know the self-defense portion, but also the groundwork of jujitsu, like the confidence to know when when you're unaware of what's around you, how -hmm. to react properly when when you are surprised or Mm -hmm. something's happening. So all the girls, I would actually feel pretty sorry for the person attacking them. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, but I think that's helped develop a really strong women's program in our gym. Like we, yeah, we have we have a good portion, I think. A, but a good population the, of women. Yeah, between the ages of four and like, I want to say our oldest in, is in their 50s. We have nice. about 25 to 30 women on the mats. Throughout different That's classes. awesome. Mm-hmm. And then our student base, we started with 12 people, and that and included our children. Yeah, when we started, <laughs> yeah. um, of course, um, I had been training for a few years and fighting in the cage before we went to um, our first Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, traditional school, mm-hmm. which was Mike Harris, BJJ Association. Um, he professor, since then retired. Professor Mike uh harris professor bull was uh one of professor pete wilhelm's uh first black belts from triton fight center in tulsa oklahoma and uh, he was my first professor all the way until purple belt um so i started taking over classes and teaching at like blue belt and he kind of was preparing me i wasn't i didn't really know it but he was kind of preparing me to you know to run my own gym and when it was time, he he decided like, hey, uh, you know, he spent 16 years and he uh, planned to do some other things um, with his life. And, and because of that, I completely respected 
that and everything that he did for me. And he said, I'm either going to shut this thing down or, yeah. or you can have it, but you're the only one I know that can do something with it. And at that time we had maybe 12 students, including ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, it ended up working out really well. It was difficult being a, a lower ranked jujitsu practitioner running his own yeah. program um, as a purple yeah. belt. Um, you know, we got a, got a lot of flack, but at the same time, mm -hmm. it really allowed us to um, keep our, our ears open, our mm -hmm. eyes open and grow and learn from other instructors on 100%. what's the best way to run a school. And we went through all those experiences through the last several years and kind of, I just got my black belt a year ago. So as to where, okay, congratulations. Thank you very much, sir. Um, as to where I think some people get their black belt and then start running a school, I started teaching and running a school. We did pretty early. Um, yeah, so we've had really some, you. yeah, we've yeah. had, uh, we've had a lot of experience in, in teaching and coaching. So it's given us a kind of a head start. Yes. So here we are like, uh, nine years later. And uh, we expanded twice in the location that we we're at. And then we just recently moved to a new building of our own. Yeah. Uh, nice. It's, it's, yeah, it's an old pottery shop that it's got like a stone, just very chill, very peaceful vibe about it. And I think he just took a wall down because I complained about it enough. Yeah, we're doing some more <laughs> remodeling, which is a good thing, you know, if we need yeah. more space. Format space. Thing, so. We've, we've, we outgrew our old space and we kept outgrowing our old space. Um, and it was almost to the point where we had no option but to expand or find somewhere else. Um, but it's a blessing. It's a blessing and a curse because you're like, dang, yeah, money. But like, I think for myself, every time that I've been like, man, I'm tired. Why do I do this? And then you see how many people show up and like, especially the little kids, they can definitely hit your heartstrings real quick. Oh, uh, can't you they? You do it like, and I think this, this private building has also put us at a sense of peace, like knowing like we've got plenty of parking space. We can do what we want with the building. We can expand as, as much as we can. And cause we have, we started with 12 and we have close to 180 students now, if not more. That's awesome. And, and we're continuing. That is to so awesome. And our kids programs though, that's, that's what hits like, we try to make sure both of us are always present. So you get like the dynamic of not just the, the black belt and the brown belt, the head coaches, but like the husband and wife, the, we always tell parents, like we co-parent with you. This is yeah. our opportunity to co-parent with you. That doesn't mean we're the disciplinaries. That means that we're here to support you because we hold them accountable on and off the mat. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what kept us alive and growing because it was, we're very much a family school, but we've yeah. done really well. Yeah. In competition, which is mm -hmm. really, I think, surprising for a lot of people. But I think yeah. because of our dynamic, we are a large family that competes. It tends to attract other large families yeah, to come in. So we we really, um, you know, push for mothers and fathers to train with their children as to where some coaches, you know, are content either way i think we're like hey you will see a lot more benefit with your family and training yeah building that bond. yeah he's nice about it i talk trash to the women like what are you doing on the sideline like let's go <laughs> like, let's let's get it let's get it i like to sparta kick people out of their comfort zone like no come train with me 
Like it'll yeah. be fun. And that's and it's and that's how my you know my wife kind of she she trains too. She's been like kind of off and on for like the last few a uh, few years, and it was like I I found you know I, I got introduced to jujitsu, and you know she would ask me oh how was class I'm like oh no it was cool it was cool blah blah blah, and I guess when she started to realize I was like you know buying into jujitsu yeah so she's like you know I'll come check out a class so yeah. You know, she would just be sitting on the sidelines and we'll be run, you know, repping stuff. And my instructor kind of like conned her into it too. So yeah. like he would go over there and was like, Oh, you want to try? You want to try this, you know, whatever technique we're doing? And so after a while, she was kind of like, Okay, got her gi. And then, you know, she started mm-hmm. to like train more, but she hasn't like, like bitten it. Like she hasn't like gave into it just yet. Cause she still has like happen. a little, yeah, it, it, I know it would happen in time. Yeah, it's a lot of hesitation yeah. where, it's like she's, you know, she's afraid of being like upside down. So like throws are just like just scares yeah. the hell out of her. But the I thing get that. is, I have a lot of women that are like that. But she's like really, really knowledgeable for. I mean, because I, I talk about it every single day, so it's yeah. not like she doesn't know. But she'll be like, "Oh, I don't think I know this stuff," and blah 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 blah. But I'll hear her on the sidelines teaching one of the new students whatever we're mm-hmm. going through, like in, in so much good detail. Like, yeah. you shouldn't. This is not how a white belt should talk, you know, type right. deal. But I she's just like she isn't so nervous. She's, she's sucking it in like a sponge, yeah. just for yeah. being present. Mm-hmm. You know, we've and seen I'm, a lot of a lot of great benefit from kids who do that same thing who are really young and they're not yeah. quite old enough to get on the mat yet, so they're on yes. the sideline while brothers and sisters are training and then as soon as they're old enough they're already knowing the moves yeah like that's like my like like my daughter my um my oldest daughter she's eight and she's she was stuck to me like glue obviously being a daddy's girl so she would come to class with me and she'd be wanting to try it but we didn't have a kids class yet Mm -hmm. so once we you know we was like you know we're gonna get the kids class started back she was so eager to join and i think maybe like a month in I was like fully, I was fully teaching kids class by this time. And that was my second. Like she was, she was running kids class. basically. Yeah. She's like, no, I know how this works too. Uh, right. That's how she was. And she was like, I'm like, you know, hit it. If you know it, know it, you know, the warm ups, you know, the drills, get it. And she's yeah. been my, like my second ever since. So we were, awesome. we're not like a big yeah. jujitsu family just yet, but once they it's, buy it's into it, it's on its it, way though. It's on its, it's way. On its way. It's, it's on its way. way. it's on its way. It's on its way. I feel like we've done that kind of with some of our, so we have what we call junior instructors. So the ones Mm -hmm. who have been with us for years, like we have one who just turned 18 and he start. we started teaching him when we took over when he was like eight, Mm -hmm. like we have our 16 year old. Just got his purple belt. Just got his purple belt. So we have these groups of kids that we've watched them graduate high school and stuff. And they started stepping in to become like that next instructor, but they've been helping us since they were yellow belts. Nice. They've kind of, and so we're watching the next group come in where we can tell who's going to be the competitor and who wants to instruct. And so Mm -hmm. we're starting to guide them onto the mat and go, okay, hey, for the four to seven year old class, why don't you come on the mat with us and Mm -hmm. like learn how to be the instructor you want to be? Because that's what sets us Mm -hmm. up for when we're old and like crippled and can't do it no more to still have those instructors because we don't know what our kids are planning on doing with their future like in a sense of jujitsu. So mm-hmm. we might as well build it to where our gym can run with people who have been in it their entire lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's how my instructor was too. Um, 
you know, I we have, you know, we have people there when I started, but I was like there every single day. Like almost every every time those doors open, I was there. And you know, he kind of was like, you know, you've been doing this, you know, long, you know, long enough. Like, how would you feel about you know running the kids' class? And I was I started teaching when I was a blue belt. But you know, I I wasn't expecting to like really fall in love with it like I did. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'm like, okay, well, he's like, yeah, if you do kids' class, you don't have to worry about tuition. And I was already hooked. Oh, I was yeah. like, man, You're like, so, I can be like, here. I got I it. Sure. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure, sure. I'll, I'll do that. So, but, and I guess he saw something I didn't see. But like, yeah, as soon as I started teaching kids class, man, I was, I was, I was hooked. And then it was like, you know, there's been days that he'd be like, hey, you know, you want to run, you want to run adults classes uh, today? I'm like, yeah, sure. But, and ever since then, man, I've been like teaching ever since. So he yeah, he knew something. He knew what was up, but you just yeah, it's, recently it's, got it's your cool. black belt, correct? Yeah, I got my black belt last Congratulations. month. Yep. Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's still, awesome. it's still unreal because I just got used to wearing my brown belt. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's 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 very awkward wearing wearing that black belt now because it's like, what what are you doing? Like, what what, what yeah. you got this on yeah. for? But I think he yeah, kind of did the same thing like he was like oh this is strange just tying on the black belt it was um yeah yeah everything was different where i line up standing in front of the class when i go and visit my professor standing on the wall with the other black belts was just a complete honor it's um yeah. it's awesome man it's awesome because we because me and uh my training partner brian we both got our black belts last month and we mm-hmm. was our instructor's first black belts. That's so cool. that was wild. <laughs> and we was always like, we would always think about like, dude, like when I started, it was so many people that was ahead of me. You know, I was like yeah. the only white belt for like, like up until blue belt, I was like the only white belt. And then it's like, I'm blink. I'm like the, you know, second in command mm-hmm. for the school. It and it's just like how weird. how people fall off though? Like, you commit so much time to it and you're like, you outrank me. Like, why did you leave? Like, yeah, it doesn't like it, it baffles me to put so much into a, like an art for so long mm-hmm. and then just like disappear. Yeah. Like I am, I respect it when it's like, like our old black belt, like he put years into the sport, came up in it, like helped build some like milestones in it. And he was walking on like one muscle on each kneecap like i get you oh, like wow. you're retiring like mm-hmm. you only have an acl holding you together but mm-hmm. like some people like you make it the blue you put two years and you built a like a pattern of your life and then you just get lost yeah we hear get about lost, yeah you know we hear the statistics all the time mm-hmm. but you don't really think about the statistics happening around you on a regular basis when you mm-hmm. when you put in that long yeah that long term that you know that when you when you look back and realize oh man i've been doing this for a decade or more then you go oh these statistics when you say it like are, that like, you know like, these statistics right. going on around me you know when, when i said one to ten when i said one to, you know only one to ten blue are gonna make it you look around you're like wow how many blue belts do i have left under me yes because you, know? you see it yeah, because we, you know, I, like we even went back and I, you know, I was looking at like old pictures of the academy and the stuff. Like, yeah, you see all these people that was like ahead of you, 
and it's like, okay, yeah, he don't train no more. That person don't train no more. This person just completely disappeared off the face of the earth and whatnot. And I, I remember talking to my instructor when I got my, when I got my blue belt and he was like, yeah, you know, this is the, you know, first step in a long journey, blah, 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 you know, just giving the spiel. But then that's when I started to see all the statistics of like people stopping at blue belt. And I'm, I'm like, just so flabbergasted because as soon as I got my blue belt, my mentality was, okay, let's start per- preparing for purple. You know, let's, let's yeah. keep, you know, keep it going. Yeah. He was saying like, you know, it's be- sometimes it's because when people get their blue belt, this is kind of like one of the only things in life they kind of, I guess, quote unquote, accomplished. Right. So it was like a big deal to them. It was like, well, I got my blue belt. I guess, I guess we're done now. But I'm like, nah, man, there's this so much more out there than just that blue belt. I was like, nah, we want to keep it going to the end, you know, as, yeah. as long as we can take it. But yeah. yeah, that's wild when you hear like a lot of a lot of people in this sport that you thinking like, oh, man, you should have been a black belt by now. You used to be a brown belt by now. And it was just like, nah, still a, still a blue belt and whatnot. So I, think, I always yeah. tell go ahead. Man. Sorry. I think a lot of people like when they feel... Because, like, for me, for our professor, we have to hold our brown belt for four years. And, like, so I'm three years into it. And, like, well, I'm in my fourth year. And June will be four years for me. And, like, some people don't like that jujitsu, you have to have a time frame. Like, there's a time Mm -hmm. stamp on your belt. Like, in an age, like, you don't get to be, you won't see a black belt that's nine years old. Like, it's not going to happen. Of course. Right. And then when you get into the kids' ranks, now there's an age requirement for them as well. And mm-hmm. like, I just watched a podcast, I think with, it was Jocko, I think that was explaining that even when you make it to green and it's been 10 years, if you started at a young age, you only qualify for that blue belt. Uh, yeah. So it's like, yeah. as an adult, you have to respect these kids coming up and understand like, no, they've done the long haul. You're dipping out at blue belt after two years. They've been in it for like 12. Like, yeah. It takes time. And I don't think a lot of people, I think they underestimate the amount of time that it'll take to actually achieve that goal. And like, I meet with my, my women's class because we have a women's only class on Saturdays at the beginning of the year. And I'm like, okay, as a coach, what goals do you have that I can help you with? Like, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I want to make it to blue belt. That's great. But what do you want to do after that? Like, what's your five-year plan? What's your, Mm -hmm. like, what is it that you have? Like my goal is always ultimately get the black belt, but what do I do after I meet that goal? And I think a lot of people don't see past that. No. A lot of people don't see past the black belt. They just see the black belt. And then once you get it, you're like, well, well, I guess I met my goal. What do I do now? Like you always have to attain another, another goal and an affirmation and try to push that. And I think that's right. a big thing that the blue belts do. They're like, well, I received this and it's going to take me another two years. So I don't know if I have it in me. Like, it's definitely a mental thing to get that next rank, not really a physical. Yeah. I think what's not being pushed enough is uh, building attributes. Like, I feel like each you're you're always going to continue to learn new techniques and new moves and improve on them and polish them. Um, But I really feel like each level requires a different mental attribute, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's patience um, you know, some people just need to learn humility. You know, some people mm-hmm. need to each each student needs to learn something different mentally and has a, an attribute that they need to build on as an individual. 
And it's kind of up to us as instructors to say, hey, you know, regardless of physical level, these are the things that I want to see in you as a student. You know, so building those attributes, I think is why, you know, you often will see gyms with a really strong children's program is because they're building the foundation, which is not just physical, but it's it's also about respect and it's about appropriateness and it's about learning how to be a good student on and off the mat. That kind of mm -hmm. goes transcends into the adults. And although it's much harder to teach adults behavior, they still are forced to go through the same training and learn those same attributes, whether yeah. they like it or not. So I definitely think teaching adults is harder because of bad habits that have been formed. Bad habits that you have to break. Know. Yeah. I tell yeah. Uh, I tell our students all the time, like I'm his worst student. <laughs> I'm the worst student for I don't like to listen. I don't, yeah. I don't listen. Like he looks at me and I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, leave me alone. Yeah, I tell I'm her to do rocking chairs, and I turn around, and she's she's log rolling down the mat. <laughs> I hate them. Yeah, we um, that's that's you know that's very important that you know what you said about you know like when it comes to belt ranks because one thing that that my instructor distilled in me that you know that I still hold dear to is like yeah every every rank holds a, holds an importance in your journey. And one thing that we display that as in our, in our, in our, our test, we test, you know, for each rank, you know, each belt. So even though the tests are the same for each belt rank, you know, obviously you show more techniques from blue to purple, purple to brown, brown to black, but there's a certain degree on how things have to be done at each belt. So like for, for example, as a, we got, we got, a uh, blue belt and a purple belt testing tonight, as a matter of fact. Okay. So for the blue belt, we're not expecting them to go into like grave detail about technique or our principles and rules and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But as a, as that purple belt, he kind of have to get a little bit more, you know, technical, you yeah. know, technical with how he explains stuff because the way we structure our tests is like you're you're testing. Everyone's just watching. You're teaching us. Mm -hmm. what our principles are, what's our rules are, what's, you know, and everything else in between. But yeah, as you go up in the rank, it's like, okay, yeah, well, you understand what Americana is. Explain to us what Americana is. How do you, I like that. you know, I like that get too. to that Americana? How do you set it up? You know, it's like, like, yeah, as, as a blue belt, okay, yeah. Oh, put the arm here, boom, 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 up, you got your Americana. But as your rank goes up, it's like, okay, what if they don't give you that you know, just don't, right. just don't lay their arm out. How do you set up to They're get like to that type of stuff? Right. Right. Like so, that. whoa, what if the like arm changes so, and stuff like that? So, that's cool. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, we pay attention to, you know, like you said, like the mat etiquette, you know, etiquette. Like, okay, are you actually helping a lower rank belt? You know, if mm -hmm. it's like, if you're paired up with a white belt, even if you're a two-stripe white belt, are you, are you paired up with a new white belt? How are you guiding them? What, you know, how are you? helping them learn their techniques and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's a lot of stuff that comes with jujitsu that a lot of that people don't really don't talk about as much that, you know, that should be talked about because like you said, that, you know, oh, yeah. mat etiquette, how, how you carry yourself, how you represent the gym inside and outside, you know, because mm -hmm. all that stuff plays a factor, you know, Definitely. it's just, you know, one bad apple could just tear up oh, everything, you know, it could be, so, yeah. We've experienced that in the past, like one bad apple and like what's allowed to happen yeah. will happen. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. And, 
and we yeah and we've got to make sure that our students um are understand the you know and are strict enough and but also um that it's all about the tone too and, and being able to correct their training partners mm -hmm. without being that guy that has two stripes on the white belt that knows everything you yeah, know like, it's like well, how you do you how, do, how do we build how do we build <laughs> and you know a, a good training partner uh, that has understanding of mm -hmm. of that compromising tone you know we yeah. started we started with the especially the younger kids like accountability for your partner like so i'm the more strict coach like very militant when it comes to their discipline um mm -hmm. and i'm like i'll mass i mass punish like you guys all act a fool we're gonna do some muscle failure we're gonna do push-ups but yep. you could have prevented it if say the kid standing next to you said hey dude stop messing around we're gonna get in trouble i'm all like we try to teach them accountability for your partners and your mm -hmm. teammates because when right. you're out in public and you have somebody who's acting a fool when you get older, you can be like, hey, dude, not cool. Like, knock it off. Right. Like, there are so many situations that can be avoided if somebody just spoke up. So teaching mm -hmm. them how to use their voice now over like the techniques that we teach, we're teaching them how to de-escalate a situation without using the violence that they're actually capable of using. Right. The levels of engagement. Right. So, and then going into that with the adults class too, it's the same thing. Like, dude, account accountability for your partner, get them on the mat. If you haven't seen them in a week, message them like, Hey, where you been? Um, like yeah. communication is huge. And I feel like we're trying to teach them that not just for jujitsu, but in life relationships, yeah. Too. Yeah. Like, communication, yeah. speaking up like, Hey dude, that wasn't cool. when you grinded on my lip, like, I don't appreciate that. But can we start again so that we can get back into that position? Like just having that basic communication and that openness to talk can change your life in multiple aspects. Oh yeah, I I totally agree with that. Um, because yeah, that's how we that's how we were when we you know when I was when I was coming up in jujitsu. Like, let me miss a day. My phone is blowing up. Yeah. Hey, my instructor like, hey, what's what's going on? Mm -hmm. Oh man, I just I just decided to take a day off. I was like, okay. I looked at the clock. He wasn't. It was five thirty. I didn't see you pull up yet. So I'm just making yep. sure you was all right. You know. Mm -hmm. And we do the same thing with our students. Um, you know, if they miss a like, we got a you know like a group chat going on, so they'll update us if they're not coming to class, or whatever. But if we're not getting a message, that you know, in a you know in a day or two, we're calling like, hey, they just checking in. What's going on? You know, why you ain't been to class and blah blah blah. But yeah, all that stuff is important. I'm the same way too. It's like, yeah, you, you as a kid, you know, like in kids' class, like if one person messes up, obviously there's going to start a chain reaction. Mm -hmm. They see you goofing off. Everybody else want to goof off. So like, nah, everybody, nope. Hit them, hit, get them wall squats going. Yes, yeah, yes. yep. Start, well, start well, running. Wall squats are my favorite. Like they hate them right now. My I hate class, them so much. Right now, my comp class has their own personal goal that they're trying to beat. They've hit five minutes solid. And this isn't like mm. me punishing them. This is their mentality um, because it's a two hour comp class. And so they're like, if we've done all of this work and we've drilled and we've done no gi, we've done gi, they're like, if we can last for five minutes, then we're we're fighting from our heart, coach. And I was like, let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's like, do it. You don't even have to say anything else. Get on the wall. Let's go. I'll put some music on. Let's Right, like, I'll, I'll get out there with you. Yeah, I, I get it. Yep. Like, That's okay, awesome. we're gonna do five minutes. What? What's our next goal? Like, the fact that they've gotten to a point where 
they want to fight from their heart instead of just fight mm-hmm. physically means that as coaches, we've done our job. Like they understand that there's more to like competition or just life in general than just going physical. Like once that brain hits that barrier and it tells you to stop, your heart kicks in. And that's yeah. what they want to fight with. And that like, as the, as a coach just makes me go, Oh, this is why I do it. Okay. Right. This is, this is why I do what I do. This is why yeah. I showed up today. Got it. Yeah. Cause, um, that's a, you know, that's a, a conversation I've, I've had with my wife before. Um, cause I think, uh, before she took the, you know, before she took a couple of weeks, you know, a, a few weeks off, you know, I, we was rolling and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we're going to roll for 10 minutes and we're going this i think this is the hardest i ever pushed her and she you know she's breathing hard and she's like you can see this panic look on her face and i'm like no keep going this is where i'm like this this moment here is when you push yeah like you have no energy left you're tired your mind is all over the place this is where you push yeah. like once you're able to push past this you'll realize like, okay i get what he was doing yeah i, I get it now more. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then that's when, when that happens, yeah, that helps you in outside, you know, everyday life because, you know, life is extremely stressful. And I promise you, without jujitsu, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. You got you know, to look back on it and talk about it regularly. You know, we got to re- yeah. like reaffirm to our partners, our training partners, our spouses. Hey, like we've went through it. OK, mm-hmm. you've went through yeah. the pressure. You've yeah. went through the fire. Right. Like yeah. we can there's there's no obstacle that we can't. We can't. You know how hard it is, though, to hear it from your husband. Like, you just want to be like, just shut up. Just shut up. I know, because I, because I know, I know she, I know she gets tired of me as a, as an instructor. I know she gets tired of me. Like, just shut up. Yeah, she was was my number one training partner. She's got a little. She's she's got a little. She's got a little uh, like box on her desk that's got a little quote on it that says like spare me the inspirational quotes just give me the coffee <laughs> because i'm such a i'm such a coach so, to her all the time and I'm just like, <laughs> like, just hand me the coffee and call it a day okay it, like, it's, it's, an, it's it's something it's something we've been doing for so long even know, like in you know just know. regular relationship conversation is always turned to a coaching moment i don't yeah. try to which is what i'm used to i get it like i get it because i'm a coach too but it's a practice we're practicing all he, the time he's right. been my training partner from day one because like when i stepped back on the mats we had no women it was only me for probably yeah. the first three or four years other than our daughters it was just me so yep. and then a lot of the guys wouldn't actually train with me. They were like, "No, you're the coach's wife." Mm-mm. And I was like, "Are you scared? Like, leave me alone. Like, come train." And so he ended up making it to where they had to roll with me before they rolled with him, just so they would get nice. used to rolling with a female and paying me that respect. Um, yeah. But then, like, he turned into like a full coach mode on me, and he started being like, "You gotta just breathe and." like relax into it and i'm like just shut up like leave me alone like yeah i'm a smasher let me just smash people you gotta play your guard and i was like i hate the guard and like now that i'm a brown belt i'm like dang i should have taken more like opportunity to play the guard <laughs> like like it's not a it's not that i don't play it it's i'm a smasher like i love being on top like i love smashing down into people and Judo was oh, yeah. like 
Judo's my baby. Like, I love judo. It's the one thing that gets me on judo week. I get giddy. I'm like, yes, we're doing this. And he's just like, coach, calm down. You can't just hurt people. And I'm like, I'm not hurting them. I'm teaching them how to breathe through the pain. Right. And he goes into coach mode. And I'm just like, fine. Like, disappointed child. Like, (laughs) so I don't like being hurt, Uki, in judo week. I don't want to be her Uki in judo week. Yeah, I, I like to excited. teach. She likes I like to hard. teach the judo. I did. I got the privilege of training under an amazing professor. I'm a full time student as well as running the gym with them. And then I also have my own women's brand called Roll Like a Girl that I travel and teach seminars with. And so okay. I got the privilege of training underneath a, an amazing practitioner, a master or master his name's yeah, Master Kimura. His last name's Kimura. Um, 72 year old, short little Asian man who for real moves better than any 19 year old I've ever seen. And I was his Uki for the entire like eight weeks. And man, I never thought I hurt so bad, but now I get to come back and teach it. And I'm like, yes, because I had, (laughs) I had the privilege of not just training during the class, but he kept me afterwards for two hours with his black belts to teach me oh, more wow. and to teach me how to instruct it. And so it was such a privilege that now I'm like, let me teach you things. And he's like, let us mentally prep for this week. <laughs> <laughs> like, But no, it's, it's, I think our life has been, I, I definitely say with jujitsu, our marriage has, has taken jujitsu and used it to benefit our marriage as well like we don't have the same arguments that most people probably have because we can Mm. roll it out like exactly exactly i I wish my wife wasn't here so she could hear that part but (laughs) we can roll (laughs) that couple's therapy um i'm trying to i'm trying to get her to understand that but it's also for me um so i do have ptsd all of the things that come with being in the military and yeah. it is my mental therapy. It is my, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm not on the mat for, due to an injury or something, because I'm not a happy person. Like it right. helps relieve a mental as well as a physical therapy. Like mm-hmm. if we're not training, our bodies are hurting. We give ourselves oh. that balance too. Mm-hmm. Of like, she knows on some days when I just need to train, like, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to be there and I'm going to be assisting you. And, uh, but you know what? Like, Professor's mm-hmm. got to get his rounds in too, and like I need. Man. It to Sorry, our so son we, woke we gotta, up, so I've got, I'm like trying to distract him. Over here. I, I, it's, it's all good. I understand, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, you know, I have those moments too where it's like, you know, if I'm not training, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not me. Yeah, you know, and uh, like a couple weeks ago, I had I had uh, surgery, and they was like, okay, you know, I had my like my gallbladder and appendix taken out. And wow. they were telling me like, yeah, you're gonna have to take a couple weeks off. And I was like, how long is these couple yeah, weeks? Like, <laughs> like, you mean, you mean like I need to know. Or you right, like, are we talking like business days, right? Like, what are, what are we yeah. talking like? We had a student but that was like, the same way you're and like, I was so, like, stop. So I, I don't even function in weeks. So two open mats, that's what you're saying? Two. <laughs> right, I, like, is it, can I just, you know, can I just flow roll? What are you doing? Cause it was like, like, was like oh I yeah, you know, you have to take. You're like, what's the amount right, like, of pressure right. in pounds? Exactly. So they, okay. so when they, um, they had asked me, they like, so what you do for, uh, what you do for a living? I was like, uh, I'm a martial arts instructor. And the whole room was just like, 
yeah, you definitely not doing nothing for two weeks. So I was like, that. Oh, oh man, these past two weeks were brutal. Oh. Not being able to step on the mats. I mean, I'm going. I'm. I went from going four or five days a week to doing nothing. Oh, that's like losing my soul. That yeah, was like having a, an addiction taken away. We have a student <laughs> blue belt that went through the same thing just a couple months ago, and um, he's he's rolling harder than ever, and he's training hard. So. Uh, Brother, take your time. Take your time. Make sure that, like, I know we want to get back on the mat as soon as we can. We want to do yeah. all the things. But let me give you a piece of advice that I just recently took um, from from uh, Professor Daniel Souza, uh, fourth or fifth degree black belt, uh, Carlson Gracie, senior black belt. Um, he said, when you're injured or when you're healing, take extra time off. Jiu-jitsu is always going to be there, right? Yeah. Like, don't it's rush so back. hard to listen Make to, sure though. That, that, it, is. You know, it is. I had a neck injury recently, mm-hmm. and uh, first time in 12 years, I took four weeks without training. Yep. I went to doctors. I went to chiropractors. It finally ended, like, I finally got some relief with acupuncture, three yeah. weeks of acupuncture, uh, sessions finally got me back on the mats and training without this crazy pinched nerve that I had in my neck. Um, but it was just an affirmation that, you know what, we've got to take the time off mm-hmm. because we can only be our best selves when, you know, we're never going to be a hundred percent, but not, man, not those percentages <laughs> start dwindling and dwindling down lower and lower, you know, those little, little pieces of injuries, they start Building becoming up. bigger and bigger injuries when we don't really yeah. We need to, to heal. Yeah, I, I but I tell myself, you know, I'm gonna take the two weeks off, but mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do any like hard rolling until like the beginning of the year. So that way I can have that would be more than enough time to be get yes. fully healed up, and then I'm I'm on it. Start January, I'm I'm gunning it. Back on. So. He, our student, stepped on, and I was the one that was like, stop, like stop. You're gonna hurt your like. I'm not rolling with you, homie. Like. This mm-hmm. is the map because he wanted to go full fledged. And I was like, you just got out of the hospital like a week and a half ago. Like the gas hasn't even dissipated from the gallbladder. Like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> I know. It was stressing me as the instructor out. Like it was. Someone though that I'm really proud of because he's made a lot of yeah. life changes. Oh, yeah. And not only has he made changes in his life in his routines but he's really now very conscious about what he puts in his body yes so i mean it's a it's really a breath breath of fresh air seeing someone that's made a you know like a 360 change yeah and and then is also very influential to other students saying hey hey you should you should not do this and you should probably eat that and we need that check you know what I mean? Just like yeah, we talked about yeah. students checking each other about mm-hmm. um, uh, about you know appropriateness and about you know hey you're, you don't don't step on the mat. You should, all the little things like we need our training partners, adult training partners, to check us about our diet, but check us about that, our good though. good health. He's so, a great yeah, he's he good stepped on the mats and became a great kids instructor for us. Yeah, like yeah, they love him. Like he came from walking in looking like this big old grumpy like grizzly bear and turning into probably one of the most passionate, like kind-hearted patient. patient instructors. And he he helps him sometimes in the kids class 
because I, I am a full-time um, student, I don't get to be in the morning classes unless we're on break. And mm-hmm. he stepped in and started assisting him with this. We have a homeschool class that he started assisting him in. And when he's not on the mat, they're like, Coach Josh, what's up, Coach Josh? These little like eight-year-olds are like, Coach, Coach, where you at? Why aren't you on the mats? <laughs> and I was right. like, shout that's out to, what you Shout did. out to Coach Josh. Yeah, sorry, I we said love your you. name. We love you. Thanks, man. <laughs> But he's such such a good guy. Person to have, and we're grateful to have a ton of students that are like that. That if, like, when he was when he was injured, there were days like I took over all the classes, and I had our guys like our upper ranks were like, "Where do you need us, coach?" Like that's awesome. When you build your students to be humble and to respect the art and to respect your your professors, and you build it as a family, like the minute you need something, they're on it. Like if he goes out of yeah. town, because we we do contracting work as cutmen and hand wrappers for some of the for one of the fight crews, PFC. When we're out of town, they're like, "What do you need from us?" Mm-hmm. Like cool. that to me is better than any amount of money, any amount of like how big our school gets. Like yeah. having people yeah. that will always have your back because they love, respect, and appreciate like what you've given them. That is like mm-hmm. it's non valuable, but it's it makes you the richest people in the world. Yeah, cause I, cause like when I had the surgery, you know, everybody reached out to me to make sure I was okay, and then I, I, I took that whole first week off. I didn't, I didn't even go to the gym. I didn't even think about it. And then that second week, I was like, okay, I at least want to just show up. You know, yes. I, I made sure. I, my wife looked at me funny. I was like, look, if you want, you can check my bag is on in is in the house. My bag is not in the car. I'm lifting. I'm lifting my shirt. Like, I, I love the security check. I know check. you got like, an extra D there. I know you. I'm got like, you can check D. my bag. You can check the car. I'm lifting my shirt. Like I have nothing under. I want the full body security check. I have nothing jujitsu related yeah. on me. That's him too. But, but when I got there, everybody was like, oh man, so happy to see you. They was like, wait, you're not getting the mats, are you? I'm like, no. I'm not. Oh, they I'm were about to check yet. you. They're like, yeah, they checked me. They checked me quick. They was like, oh man, I'm so happy to see you. I don't see no bag. You ain't get on the mat side. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just here to check out class, man. That's all. They was like, okay, okay, just make it short. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's very awesome to hear, man. Um, it's it's nothing like having having that. I won't say security, but having that. Yeah, having that security of knowing, like, if anything was to happen, you know, your school is okay. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know that everything yeah. is going to be taken care of without you having to like you know you're worrying your whole trip like oh man who's is, is oh, the yeah. doors going to be locked up is the school going to be ran are we going to lose students are we going to do this to them it's going to be burned down, down for our, yeah like just don't want to leave a yeah. charger plugged up or something like that but yeah that's yeah that's amazing I, you know that's nothing short of amazing mm-hmm. and that's very cool to hear that how you guys are able to run this as a family for so long. Um, to the point that like, yeah, yeah, your whole family is into it. I know there's like geese all over the house at this point. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like fifty geese in each room. Yeah, yeah, a whole room. He had I to buy it. me the industrial washer and dryer because we were breaking them with the amount of uniforms we had to wash <laughs> on a weekly basis. Like those are like, goals right there. I tell you, I had a motor, like just for the geese alone. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. But uh, Alex and uh, Aaron, we have a staple here at Talk Your Gist Podcast. We ask everybody who comes on the show this question. Um, past or present, the top three people you would love to get a chance to roll with? Oh, dang. I've, I've been blessed ahead, to be able to to train with some of my lists, like Emily Kwok and Sophia McDermott. And some of those women, I have already been able to uh, 
to train with them. And it was a blessing. It really was. Um, I don't know. I think, I don't think that there's a specific person for me, but I think there's locations for me. Like I want to okay. be able to head up to New York and train with some women up there, head to California. Um, I know there's some women in Oregon who are just like top level. So I think there's not really a person, but like locations that locations. I want to, because I, I'm big about, each place that you go to, the style is just so different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what mm-hmm. I want is like the different styles like to challenge me. Nice. Bless you, little one. <laughs> <laughs> He's mad because he wanted to come on camera. And I was like, no, you're you're in your pajamas still. <laughs> um, for me, um, I've. You know, I have also been really fortunate enough to take some really cool trips, um, spend four or five days in each city and get to train with some high level guys and um, meet, roll, um, you know, get some privates with with some some really good names, really awesome, awesome practitioners and Mm -hmm. and legends of the sport. But uh, there's still some guys on my list. There's still some guys in different styles. I, since I've been such a traditional um, gi uh, practitioner for so long, I'd, I'd love to go to um, Tenth Planet in San Diego and, uh, and and check out those guys out there. Uh, there's, uh, I, I mean, the Mendez brothers who who wouldn't want to <laughs> learn. Yeah, from I know, right? From those guys, um, you know, the the art of jujitsu. That that'd be awesome. You know, she's talking about a trip to New York. I. You know, I'd be beside her. So, um, and and then um, I think um, maybe maybe not necessarily a a person, but yeah, a place. Like I think my dream. Um, I've been getting some invites, and 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 I'm really ready to take that offer. Is to travel down to Brazil and do one yeah. thing down there, and yeah. uh, stay for like a week with with one of my good brothers. So, I think that's the jam, man. That's it. I think we've been yeah, blessed our- to travel a lot. Like we like we take cross training to probably a whole different level. Like mm-hmm. he'll jujitsu chips four or five days. I'm like, I got the gym and the kids, you go. I go to a full blown women's camps summertime and like fall sometimes and travel with two, two hundred and fifty women at a time. Like we make it a point to to put ourselves in the community of jujitsu as well as like like I said, I got roll like a girl. I traveled to all types of places to teach seminars and, and employ those black belt women, like, which gives me That's the so opportunity cool. to now train with them. <laughs> like, right. That's dope. So, That's so dope. Yeah. So we dope. try to make it to where we're out there constantly. Like we might be from a small town, but we're going to make it to where this small town has a name. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You're definitely on your way. You're definitely on your way. But um, unless you got any questions for me, um, I would love for you guys to let the people know if you got anything coming up, any plans in the future, uh, the floor is all yours. Um, you'll you'll see us at the the local uh, AGF tournaments. Um, yeah. Whether it's Kansas City, uh, Missouri, we travel all around Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Arkansas. So we're really Midwest traveling. We'll we'll come all the way down to Dallas for some for some uh, big tournaments. Um, but uh, yeah, just like Alex said, look out for her role like a girl. Yeah, um, January first, we're kicking she- off seminars all over the U.S. She'll be doing women's nice. competition seminars. Yeah. Um, we'll continue to build and uh, uh, grow the the gym. You know, 
Uh, growth is really important, but more important than growth is the growth of your relationships uh, with each of your students and, and your training partners. So we never want to, uh, you know, um, we always want to talk highly of, of uh, the connections. So we really appreciate you having us and um, allowing us to, to, to get on here, represent our school, Republic Martial Arts Academy and yeah. uh, our family, the Loudermill family. And just keep watching for the name. You'll see us. Thank you again. Yeah, man. I, to be on your podcast. Not a problem. Not a problem. I definitely appreciate you guys, man, for, uh, you know, for you reaching out. I was like, hey, you know, you look for guests. I'm like, yeah, sure. Always. So, yeah, definitely, definitely appreciate that, you guys. And I wish you guys the best of luck and everything you guys are doing. You guys are definitely, definitely um, goals right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we wish you a speedy recovery too, and that you're able to get back on the mat fully in in a short time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I Don't worry. Wait. Your I'm, wife I'm, will catch the bug soon enough. Soon enough. She, she will. will. She will. She will. She it just takes us we, a little more time to get used to being told what to do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> when she when she when she do, she's she's definitely going to be a handful. I know it yeah. for sure. Oh yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of today's episode. I would like to thank Aaron and Alex one more time for coming to the show and bless us with their jujitsu knowledge. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, please go and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube page to stay up to date on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day. <laughs>